0: I have tried personally to get interviews yeah. with people in Iran. There's a thriving gay community in Iran. Iranian authorities will tolerate gay people, providing uh, it's on the down low. If you start shouting and screaming, then uh, then you're likely to be made to go through some kind of operation or procedure in order to change
1: yeah. agenda. I'm Neil Maggs, and this is Bristol Unpacked speaking to fascinating Bristolians on topics where others may fear to tread. Brought to you by the city's community-owned media, The Bristol Cable. It's June, and it's Pride Month, so in this episode of Bristol Unpacked, we talk to Ivan Jackson, a gay broadcaster who was involved in the One Love Breakfast at BCFM Radio. We talk to him about his personal experiences of coming out, why we still need Pride Month. Peter Tatchell's new film called Hating Peter Tatchell on Netflix about the history of the gay community and protest for legislation. And we look at the global context. Countries still all across the world where being LGBT plus is illegal and in some places you still get the death penalty. Hey Ivan. Hi Neil. Well, how your name in the city is for your work in broadcasting, in particular with BCFM, with the One Love Breakfast, but also being part of the Take team, yeah. a, a very well-known pioneering LGBT plus radio station, which has been going on for how long? I think they're probably about six or seven years now. It's the programme dedicated
0: to the LGBT plus community that gets broadcast on lots of different community radio stations across the whole of the region, not just Bristol. Some of them are national, some of them are international
1: as well. I think Bristol itself is quite a liberal, open-minded city, but some of these channels, some of them are sort of right out in the sticks where maybe being gay or, or being trans is, is maybe not very easy to be able to be open about. So that serves a real kind of social purpose. Right. Yeah,
0: you're, you are right. And you're also wrong because you can you can be in the middle okay. of the city <laughs> yeah. and be LGBT plus and actually not have any friends and be very, very lonely. You know, so I, geographically, I don't think it really makes any difference these days. And you know why? Because the internet's made such a difference. Uh, mm-hmm. Dating apps as well. That's a whole different conversation. But you no longer actually have to be in the thick of it to actually... Get in touch with other LGBT plus people or people who are like yourself. You don't think
1: people in cities are a bit more on the same page, a bit more tolerant and understanding of... Of, of I think generally be- politically
0: yeah so in terms of maybe family members i guess if you're coming out as a young person i guess if you're in more of an urban environment it may be easier but you know what well, there are probably parts of bristol where some families might frown upon their children coming out as lesbian gay yeah. bisexual trans intersex you know the whole gamut there and you know what neil there's a lot of people that end up on the streets as a result of being rejected by their parents because of their either their gender identity or their sexuality and you know now, let me throw a figure at you. Nearly a quarter of all young people on the streets identify as LGBT+. Plus, and that is... Didn't know a, that,
1: really. Didn't know terrific, that. Terrific, isn't wow. it? I think between the ages of 16 and 24. And the national stat is around 2%. So that's massively disproportionate. Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely massively disproportionate. And it's because, generally speaking, families are throwing their kids out on the streets. I'm sure we'll talk about suicide rates at, at some point. But let's try yeah. not... Get off on too much of a down.
1: <laughs> yeah, and let's, let's talk about you then. I mean, you are you yeah. are gay. Yeah. Uh, when did you come out? I, I
0: guess I, I didn't really come out. I really had a tough time, actually. Um, I was a very happy child, born in the 60s, child of the 70s. You know, I got called names like gay, et cetera, at school, even though I didn't really know what that was. And it wasn't until I went to university that, you know, I, I guess I realised that um, something was different about me. At the same time, politically, because of what was going on around me, I suddenly became very, very moody Very, very depressed about it because, you know, we had Margaret Thatcher in and and being gay was was not the thing to be. You know, you were told all the time that, you know, it it was wrong and you shouldn't be. You know, I was at university in the early 80s. Section 28 came in in the late 80s
1: yeah just explain section 28 because some people might not yeah. know what that so, is yeah but... that
0: was that was the piece of legislation that uh, the thatcher government brought in that bans the so-called promotion of homosexuality in schools and as a result basically the teaching fraternity and sorority they they basically clammed up everybody was frightened of their own shadow they didn't want to t- teach anything to the kids fear of being sacked so that was the yeah. kind of atmosphere so
1: it wasn't an atmosphere that was conducive and supportive for people no, coming no. out so if you were tentative about it and a bit nervous anyway it would kind of add to that um sense of trepidation a bit oh look,
0: look look let me be completely and utterly upfront. I was one of those um I was one of those statistics that tried to kill themselves you know uh, uh, overdose oh, okay. on, on pills so you know this this was in my late teens uh 19 yeah. 20 and, you know you still had to be 21 at that stage in order to have a relationship but there was no equal age of consent so even if I mm. even if I had the nerve to come out I would be I would be committing offense if I was to take part in any kind of sexual activity so you can imagine the thoughts that were going around my mind
1: i just want to unpick that just yeah. a touch. so it's almost like this any sense of being incongruent of not being able to be who you really are leaves you with no way out the only other gay
0: people i knew while i was at university um you know they had really tough times as well and people used to uh take the mick out of them all the time it was almost like going almost like going back to secondary school when i saw how they were treated and that's why i kept very quiet you know i i as a musician you know nobody bat an eyelid you know a gay musician well you know how unusual is that you know uh, this is you know when i look back now i think oh god you know you were such an idiot but but there was no real support back there.
1: yeah yeah so how how so how old were you when you were um, more more open
0: I, I left university I went to Paris to study I ended up my first ever relationship with a man and yeah. that that's completely changed things for me but and there's always a but isn't there Neil because <laughs> uh, uh, in the background to all this we had the AIDS crisis and HIV yeah. So this was all happening while I was coming out. So at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm not going to be, you know, I was 21 at that stage. I'm not even going to make it to 30. Look at these people. I was convinced I was going to contract HIV and I was convinced uh, I was going to, um, uh, that was going to develop into AIDS and, and that I would be dead by the time I was 30. And that was. You actually believe,
1: you believe that you really believe believe that that.
0: I absolutely, I absolutely believe that even though, you know, I guess I was pretty careful about what I was doing, but, but back then in the eighties, nobody, nobody really knew, you know, that we were surrounded by these awful tombstone ads that were coming out on its oh, heli.
1: There is now a danger that has become a
0: threat to us all. It is a deadly disease and there is no known cure. The virus can be passed during sexual intercourse with an infected person. Anyone can get it, man or woman. So far it's been confined to small groups, but it's spreading. So protect yourself. And read
1: this leaflet when it arrives. If you ignore AIDS, it, it could be the death of you. So don't die of ignorance. I mean, yeah. we're you know, we're in unprecedented times with COVID now, aren't we? Where yes. people don't quite know what's happening and, and 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 this this sphere of the unknown. At that time within the gay community, it was just and it... condition has come out of nowhere, and I, I guess there was just utter fear and, and panic, yeah?
0: And no hope as well, because you knew that once you'd contracted it, you were going to die there was there was no There was no kind of treatment whatsoever and at that, it was at that time um that I started to work for an international airline as as, as cabin crew, so I was flying okay. all around the world and uh, and you know I was in every gay bar in almost every uh, major capital city on earth, having oh. a great time, but at the same time with was, this specter yeah. in the background and you know I would be in places like San Francisco and you would see literally people walking around looking as if they were dying and right. i thought well that is that this is how i was going to end up
1: did you know anybody in a close in your circle that
0: um did i oh my gosh i yeah. lost many friends neil I, honestly uh, you know yeah. you know what and uh, sitting on a, you know they show pictures of you know princess diana sitting on the end of a bed uh, with, with with somebody um terminally ill with with aids and mm-hmm. and you know i i've been there and i've done that i've held somebody's hand as as, wow. as, as they've approached the end and, and you know very close friends and and uh, you know lost a lot of people uh, oh gosh yeah i sorry yeah. i'm just I sort of thinking thinking back then um And then, of course, the the treatments came in and uh, things started to look up, you know, in the late 90s and the drugs came in and and suddenly, well, not suddenly, gradually, uh, there was a turning point and there was this treatment available. But you know what? It's been 40, 45 years now. And we still don't have any kind of cure. And if you look at what's been done with COVID, you mentioned COVID within eighteen yeah, months. Yeah, the, the we've had a vaccine. The vac- yeah,
1: yeah. Right. Isn't so the world, yeah. if the
0: world really wants to do something and sets its mind to it, it can do it. And and I and I think because yeah. people have never ever seen HIV as something that it only affects somebody else; it never affects them. Whereas COVID, very realistically could affect just about anybody and people were aware of that it's a really um, good
1: point and that's where yeah. focus energy funding immediacy comes in if it affects yeah. the general population but if it affects yeah. a certain sector or a certain particularly back then yeah. Yeah. you know which would have as you say would have been kind of othered. and dare I even say that a lot of people around the whole that if you were you know a, a kind of right-wing christian evangelist a lot of people were seeing this as a washing away Uh, sin, gay people. This was a disease from God to punish. That that was doing the rounds, all that stuff, wasn't it? Back then that was quite a mainstream, orthodox way of thinking for a lot of people.
0: Not just here, uh, over in the U.S., of course. Reagan, you know, he basically, you know, uh, uh, his his kind of policies meant that there was no money spent on treatment or research for a long time until uh, uh, until much later. So there was there was delay to that that kind of research going on because there was no federal funding. They wouldn't put the money in, basically, and uh, you know, people were desperate to get the latest kind of medications and going overseas for it and all that kind of thing. And you you know, you you mentioned something about um, Christian evangelical and. And I guess yeah. we are supposed to be talking about pride, aren't we? And yeah, you, and we, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah we, talking, we, we, we will do at some point. Yeah. Don't worry. About it, yeah, no, you know? no.
0: I was, yeah. I was, I was, just thinking at the back of my mind because if you'd have asked twelve year old me, you know what, what I thought of pride, and of course, of course, back then I was brought up as a Roman Catholic. And it, it it would have been one of the one of the seven deadly sins. Pride you know. before a fall was always yes. the
1: uh, thing, wasn't it? Then, uh, yeah. let, let's talk about pride then, because. Yeah. We are in Pride Month. It's it's still June, as people listen to this, we'll come to the back end of June. Pride itself in Bristol has been cancelled this year. That was the right decision? The only oh, decision, really? Yeah,
0: uh, Without a doubt. Well, the yeah. festival had already been um, cancelled in, in the sense that there was no uh, main stage, but there was going to be a gathering outside. But of course, that's stopped now. But, was that
1: going to be up at the Danes again? Uh, yeah? that, no,
0: that was going to be over at uh, Castle Park, actually. Back at and, Castle
1: uh, Park, because it moved, didn't it move from Castle Park to the Danes? It Downs? did, yeah.
0: and it's been uh, phenomenally successful the last two years when it has been there. I think the last big pride up there was uh, about 40,000 people came right. to the city, which is amazing. But, of course, we're not just talking about one day now. Back in back in the early 70s, it was a, it was a march, and, and that was it, you know, and a, a few drinks in the park and, and that kind of stuff. Now, in Bristol... The Pride celebrations last over two weeks with cabaret nights, comedy nights, dog shows, even have an LGBT plus film festival.
1: And let's talk about the history of Pride. Yeah. A lot of people listening will know, but there'll be a lot of people that don't. It, it sort of started off the back of strong demonstrations in New York, and America. Yeah. I mean, it always- the So it's always been quite entrenched in a sort of political backdrop, really, whilst the people see it as being fun and dancing and expression and all that kind of stuff, which is great. There's always been yeah. an underpinning of, of of a political drive.
0: You are right. I mean, you know, Stonewall, it, basically a raid on the Stonewall bar went, uh, went uh, rather wrong uh, in New York City. But years before that, there were similar sort of raids going on in uh, gay bars in Los Angeles and other cities around the United States. So this kind of police brutality against gatherings of gay men and uh, transgender people, although they probably would have called themselves gender non-conforming rather than transgender. Back then, those kind of those kind of raids were going on all the time. Because
1: it was in the month of June, wasn't it? Which is why yeah. they keep June as the month.
0: Yeah, so June is seen as Pride Month. Although, of course, you know, here in Bristol, our, our, our Bristol is in July. And, of course, nearly every city in the country has a Pride. So you can't all have it on the same, <laughs> can't all have them on the same weekend. Yeah. So it kind of spreads across June right the way through to September, depending on what city you're going. Uh, the first Pride March took place in 1970. 1970- i think and in bristol i think the first one was held in 1977
1: yeah and then there was a gap yeah. wasn't there? there was a gap for some time and when it re-emerged i can't remember the date that,
0: that was right? in the yeah. uh the 2000s i think so yeah. there, there was a little bit of a gap um and you know what i can't actually tell you why i think because um these sort of gatherings get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And over the years, Bristol Pride has become absolutely massive. It's a free event and uh, free events need funding. And if you're going to fund stuff, you need, you need money and you've got to ask yourself, well, where's that money coming from? There's only so much tin shaking you can do. Now, the LGBT plus community has always been brilliant at raising money, but there comes a point, there comes a tipping point where you've got so many people. The logistics mean, you know, you've got to have loads of toilets, you've got to have policing and all that kind of thing. It costs money. So that is when you venture into the world of corporate sponsorship. And that comes with its own caveats as well.
1: Mm. But but I want to talk a bit about the gay community now, or the LGBT right. community. And there's this yeah. sort of... It's kind of a bit of a myth um, that you speak with one voice, which is obvious, any collection of people. But what yeah. I've been watching, it was you that put me onto it, actually, a film on Netflix at the moment called Hating Peter Tatchell. And that kind of goes into kind of rivalry a little bit between different attitudes to being gay through this whole process of late 60s, the 70s, the 80s, into into the 90s and now. And... This whole thing that, it, i got to be honest, it was quite new to me. It's almost like this gays against queers thing. And there was a sort of like yeah. two communities sort of battling against each other. One being more, I guess, being around this political drive to change society and other people just saying, well, I, I want to just live my life as a, as a gay man or as a gay woman. I don't need to change everything and be out on the streets being radical and protesting. There was this almost like a cultural divide between two sets of, uh, of, of of people within the gay community
0: well, let me draw a really simple and up-to-date analogy with that. Uh, and that's, yeah. in uh, say, with the, uh, the Colston issue and the statue. And, you know, some people love the idea of that direct action and dragging that statue and plonking it in the harbour. And others were thinking, oh, my God, this isn't the right way to go about this. You know, we should be in, there should be more negotiation and, and that kind of thing. So you can see these kind of partisan attitudes sort of coming to life. And, and with Peter Tatchell, he generated exactly uh, that kind of division in the uh lgb community i guess
1: that trans people, the tea people. was added a bit later yeah, the, yeah the
0: tea yeah. was added later you know because yeah, um, yeah well,
1: uh, well let's part that for now because yeah. i want to get yeah, into that a absolutely. bit later i think so, that Tatchel, I mean, you said yourself that you didn't really like him
0: when chris amos i i, I interviewed chris amos the director of the movie I said, "Well, what's it called?" He said, "It's called hating Peter Tatchell." And I said, "Oh my goodness!" I said, "I can completely understand why you've called it that." I said, "Because although hate Great is title. a strong word, uh, yeah, I had an immense dislike for Peter Tatchell when I was growing up because all I wanted to do was hide. <laughs> I didn't need somebody. Mm-hmm. I didn't need somebody talking for me. You know, doing all this direct action and stuff and shouting from the rooftops. And uh, you know, for me, I, I didn't need that. I just wanted to get on with my life quietly." I didn't know uh, he who is this person speaking Well, he would out law. people
1: wouldn't he he would actually well, uh, uh, yeah, target right. people in in um uh politicians or sort of uh, newspaper magnets and 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 would yeah. uh would see that if particularly if and his defense was particularly if you were in a position where you were setting legislation and you were opposing legislation um for uh, gay rights that actually um you're you're leading a double life, and you're a hypocrite. And he would he would you know he would leak it to the press, and it, and I it would do like a big because uh, uh, a lot of stuff he did was sort of direct action outside of a, a business, sort of big kind of causing a stink, sort of press pick up on that. A master operator at how to get a kind of cause and get a, a focus and, and eyes and ears on causes. But actually, mm-hmm. the argument would be that is it was it and is it is right to do that.
0: And you know what? into this day, you will still find people saying, "Under no circumstances should you out anybody, no matter how heinous they are, and how obstructive, and whatever they've done or hypocritical, you shouldn't do that." Whereas others would say, "Well, actually, you know what? If they're if they're gay and they're blocking, uh, you know, blocking legislation for say LGBT people to adopt, or for you know, and they're and they're married to a woman, say, or they're and they're you know, or blocking uh, equal marriage or blocking the age of you know equal age of consent, then."
1: Yes, actually. And do you think in time, and it's interesting the documentary, I don't want to give it away too much, that now they recognise the role that he played and how vital that was. And maybe at the time they didn't so much, but he's sort of been on the right side of history a bit
0: if of course if it wasn't for people like Peter Tatchell and you know um, there aren't a lot of people like him there are a lot of people that, that work like him in the background I guess but you know not mm. as many people have made the front pages or been uh, yeah. you know abused so much um, if it wasn't for people like him we would not have the rights that we have now I mean you know it, yeah. it, it, politicians don't don't, uh, don't make changes it's, it's the people that demonstrate and, uh, and, and actually politicians are the enablers uh, but actually it's people on the street that actually get things changed you know it, it, they are the ones that do the convincing a lot of young people out there that don't know who peter is and you know 50 years he's been he's been at this and and yet some you know this is why education is so important and history and and lgbt yeah. history as well which is why we have a history month you know every yeah. every february we're well, standing the on the shoulders people. of
1: giants isn't it in in many regards that some of these rights that you know i would imagine if if you were uh, 18, 19-year-old young gay man uh, or, or, or woman now that, that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily... Some of those things you, you might even take for granted a little bit, I guess. What we don't take for granted, though, which I think is interesting, is that he still is quite relentless and you know people in his campaign I think, well, why are you still doing this? is because he seems to have a global lens to um, LGBT plus issues. And whilst we might think, yes, things have moved on, Legislative wise, in this country, you know, it, there are still 70 countries globally um, yeah. that where, you know. where, where it's illegal. And there are 12 countries in the world where being gay still can receive the death penalty. I'm going to read those are Yemen, Iran, yeah. Brunei, Mauritania, Nigeria, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, Somalia, Sudan, and United Arab Emirates. Yeah. One thing that Tatchell has done a bit, and this is where it gets controversial where where you have i guess a clash between what i would call cultural relativism and universal human rights and obviously he's very much in that camp which is universal human rights transcend any kind of issues of culture a lot of yeah. those countries are islamic countries where sharia law is is, is orthodoxy um so how, how how do we square that circle um where you have a respecting and an understanding of a culture, but also effectively what Tatchel would probably say. And he has been quite prominent. You know, he's been outside mosques uh, with gay Muslims himself, protesting against Sharia law. And and it's a really sticky kind of uh, conversation to navigate an issue to to resolve. But he seemed like he was still on the front foot with that, uh, unrelenting. Uh, From somebody who has connections in community work and community radio, do you see that we we have to be perhaps a bit more diplomatic and sensitive with some of these issues or is it, black and white, like, Tatchell sees it.
0: I think it's somewhere in between. I also think it's wrong uh, to necessarily, I mean, I, I know you are, you know, the the Muslim faith at the moment, but, you know, equally, equally, there are fundamental Christian attitudes yeah, that yeah, go on in, uh, yeah, yeah, in some yeah. African countries like Uganda, where there is equally a problem for LGBT Boston people. Nigeria, yeah. Yeah yeah well actually you know you know virtually every virtually every uh, country on the African continent with the exception of of South Africa which has one of the most liberal constitutions in the mm-hmm. world when it comes to LGBT plus rights but you know let me just take you back uh, Neil because you're talking about legislation you can legislate all you like you know you can legislate against you know anything but at the end of the day you've got to change hearts and minds and uh you know it's it's illegal to murder somebody people still get murdered you know and 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 uh, you know but you, I, I don't, you, don't want
1: to shy I don't want to hide away yeah. from shy away from from yeah. this that particular issue though yeah, yeah you yeah. are right and, and no one's giving Christianity or any faith of kind yeah. of pass. but yeah it's just it's just that that you know that that is the reality. The twelve countries that receive the death penalty, the, the majority have Sharia law, and I and I and I, 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 it's it's a tricky situation. But how do how do how does one approach that issue?
0: Well, how I does one
1: try and you know do you or you know it, is it sort of the softly? There's a kind of carrot and stick. I, I mean, I don't, I'm genuinely asking the question because I don't know.
0: Well, I think you do it from without. And, uh, you know, as you pointed out, you know, there are LGBT plus um, Christian groups, uh, there are LGBT plus Muslim groups and Jewish groups here in the UK. And uh, often they will make contact with people overseas. I have tried personally to get interviews okay with people in Iran. There's a thriving gay community in Iran, um, yet yeah. Yeah, the uh, Iranian authorities will tolerate gay people, providing uh, it's on the down low. If you start shouting and screaming, then, uh, then you're likely to be uh, made to go through some kind of uh, operation or procedure in order yeah. to change agenda, that's been known in in yeah. you know I'm just picking on Tehran in particular. So I think you have to do these things from the outside and and uh, and work your way in. I think um, there's organisations like the the uh, the milk organisations. Harvey Harvey Milk uh, Stuart Milk chairs that, and they do precisely what you're talking about and uh, yes. uh and and try and with this softly softly approach to approach groups within uh, countries that uh where lgbt plus people are persecuted and and just try and get things changed slowly but surely and uh as you say you know removing the death penalty of course um or or avoiding that that's that's just about as as bad as you can get but you know there's torture etc but can i can i just focus on you know on on one thing because you know we've Mm -hmm. we've got our eyes overseas and and Let let me just tell you a very, very quick story. Back in 2017, uh, a transgender woman uh, was granted asylum in New Zealand. And I don't know if you're aware, but New Zealand is a very, very liberal country. And, uh, you know, great for them taking this woman in. She she used to have to do a grocery shopping between midnight and 3 a.m. because she used to get abuse from the public. And she's been granted residency in New Zealand on exceptional humanitarian grounds. She's 57 years old. She only transitioned from male to female in her 40s, and uh, she sank into depression after years of discrimination in her home country. People would scream at her, she was stalked, she was pushed off pavement, she was beaten up lots of times. you know eventually she was granted asylum in New Zealand. That transgender woman was from the United Kingdom she 's from here, this yeah. country she 's been granted asylum. From the United Kingdom in New Zealand. So when people ask me why do we need pride, I'll quote that story. Yeah. And you know what? There are dozens of others, Neil. You know, this this, this, this yeah. is
1: going on here in our own country
0: before we start pointing fingers overseas.
1: Yeah. I mean, we haven't got the death penalty though, have we? I mean, we I, have I think I think there's an occidental thing that people will tend to do and create kind of relativism to it that I think that maybe
0: yeah, but listen, you know, listen, I, I, listen, I would
1: see Tatchell as being someone who'd be quite black and white about that. I would say he, he wouldn't feel that he would need to tread on eggshells or would be sort of culturally offensive. He would just go, no, that's fundamentally wrong and that needs to change, bang. Yeah. And he wouldn't even tempt to deflect or make excuses in any way, shape or form. Uh,
0: you're probably right. You're probably right. But you know what, right now in the UK, when people say, you know, why well, we've got pride and, and stuff you, there are people out there who feel they're better off dead than being gay that, that mm. they are that's how they feel so you say there's no death penalty but actually there is an indirect death penalty here in the uk because people are killing themselves attempting to kill mm. themselves rather so it's not than state, state sanction is it it's not state sanction I mean, yeah, actually, yeah. actually actually you know what the state is responsible because <laughs> indirectly responsible because we're not doing enough to help these people and
1: across the globe and that's come back and bitten us on and you've got to be very careful and mindful of that but are there in i guess what i'm driving at are there occasions and instances when actually you have to you have to override that um and and there is no kind of area of grey
0: yeah Yeah, you know, look at Hungary the last uh, last week or so they've just passed a section the equivalent of a section 28 in Hungary this is a European country you know you can't feature educational materials or gay people can't uh, appear on TV shows for under 18s yeah Yeah,
1: well that's Orbán isn't it Viktor Orbán is a sort of populist right wing I mean you are right this increasing let's let's look the other way then and look at kind of like you say Eastern Bloc countries Russia as you say Hungary but even Brazil you know people know I've got connections to with Bolsonaro it's kind of those rights, and you just said earlier, I think that this is why pride is important in this country Ooh. and globally. Some of those rights that have been won gradually over those 20, 30, 40 years, does it feel at the moment, Ivan, uh, that some of those are being regaled a bit in those countries, but also here, if you know the argument is that we do have we're in the midst of culture wars. I hate Ooh. that phrase, but we are a bit, and there is a arguably a more right-wing populist government than, than we've had since Thatcher. Now, does it feel as if, as a gay man and being connected to the community, that there's a danger that some of the well-earned struggles that you've won could be could be regaled back?
0: Oh, definitely. You know, you know, fighting for your rights is one thing, but you have to fight to keep them as well. And you just only have to look across the Atlantic to the United States, where, you know, where LGBT Plus, couples have been told that um, it's perfectly okay for Catholic adoption agencies to refuse them service. You know, things, yeah, yeah. things like that. And it's a, it's a chip, chip, chip type of thing away at, at, at your personal rights. And, and you might think, well, actually, I'm married now. I'm married to another man. That's never going to change. Yet we've got a, we've got a, a majority right wing Supreme Court in the United States that might, at some point in time, start considering whether same sex marriage is valid. What? Happens Happens in the United States. Gradually, it mm. trickles across the Atlantic and ends up over here. We've seen that with the uh, toilet wars when it comes to transgender people. That started yeah. off in the United States, and that's now raising yeah. its head here.
1: Just jump in for two seconds to pause the chat to tell you about the Bristol Cable. We are a cooperative, a membership organisation, and people get to have a say about the direction that the organisation takes so you can join us you head to our website you can pay a pound you can pay £5 a tenner whatever you want to pay a month and become part of shaping a media in the city also while you're there do subscribe on Podcasters it's on Apple Spotify Acast and, and a few other ones to the show there's lots of stuff you can go and listen to back old episodes and it means that you know when we've got a new one out every week it will drop into your podcasting feed Cheers, back to the chat. um Let's talk about trans. have you've, you've you've mentioned it a few times in, in the conversation, mm. and you can go to a number of different directions. This yes, we, we've had steph on the show who is a member of the chat team. I, I had a great chat with her about her kind of experience. Mm. The the LGBT the T. Let's talk about when the T was added, which is uh, according to Wikipedia, nineteen eighty eight was the um, the first oh, use. Yeah, yeah, in the, yeah, yeah, in the <laughs> USA. Mm. and the q was added in 2060 we'll part the q for for 5 minutes the t not everyone was happy with the t being added is that because obviously sexual orientation is different than gender so did some people kind of feel that it shouldn't have been kind of lumped in with uh, people that were gay and lesbian in, and bisexual yeah, you know. in the early days yeah
0: um, well, yeah, yeah, and you know, if if, if you if you're talking about Stonewall, of course, they they only added the T. You know, they're, they're the sort of the the organisation everybody looks up to uh, when it comes to uh, LGBT plus rights. Um, they they only added the T to their kind of remit just a few years ago with a change of a change of leadership there. So you know, we're not talking about yeah. the eighties; we're talking literally a few years ago. In so, terms yeah, of yeah, official are, recognition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right. Yeah. You know, uh, sexual orientation obviously is different from gender identity. They are two different things. But you often find that transgender people, the journeys that they have gone on have been very, very similar journeys to those of the LGB communities as well. And uh, you will often find that transgender people, a good proportion of them also identify as lesbian or gay as well. So at the end of the day, I I guess um, they have been brought in and some people... Don't like that.
1: Have you met gay people that are, 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 are relatively skeptical or? or Have forestall?
0: I met them? Yeah. Probably. But you know yeah. what? People are very frightened about vocalizing those kind
1: of uh, thoughts. Yeah, maybe in a more covert kind of way yeah, way. yeah,
0: yeah, maybe. And you know what? Attitudes have changed as well over 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 the years as well. I, I think, I guess, you know, when they, let me, let me just go back, you know, when they, you know, you've heard that expression, haven't you? That, you know, that Roman your gypsy people, you know, the, the last acceptable form of racism. We've heard that terminology mm-hmm. all the time I, you know i don't i dislike it myself yeah. but it is said you know you know it, that yeah. is the last acceptable quote unquote form of racism well well i guess with people who identify with gender dysphoria they have been at the bottom of the pile for decades for decades and now the the lesbian and gay and bi rights you know in terms of um, uh, legislation has been enabled I guess the only part of legislation that's left now that needs to go through is those regarding self-identity and the the transgender laws as well. You know, we've had the Gender Recognition Act in 2004 that allowed transgender people to get the birth certificate changed, basically. You couldn't Mm -hmm. do that before then. But they still have to jump through hoops in order... You've got
1: to go to a board, haven't you? You It goes to like a a kind of... And all these all these kind of hoops, whereas there are other
0: other exactly. countries particularly
1: in Europe where you can self-identity I want to talk a little bit about language if that's all right um okay yeah I, because I, I I kind of I, I I'm mindful of repeating a lot of the conversation me and Steph had as well but I also think right. it's important to
0: yeah and, and I'm not transgender so you know
1: yeah To also also to broaden that a bit that what yeah. I, I'm I'm also mindful that there is language has shifted and changed you know we've now we're now in what 2021 and you, you know you've got things like uh, pansexual genderqueer non-binary yeah. for people outside of the community can you can you see that it's perhaps empowering and recognizing inclusive and diverse and great people can can feel a bit confusing and a bit oh. perhaps even intimidating for some people and maybe they don't always in good faith they don't really understand it or they might say the old word wrong and and and, but, and that's kind of okay
0: I find it confusing. I find it intimidating. Okay. And, um, okay. and, you know, yeah. so I totally get what you're saying. Absolutely. And I've misgendered people. Um, I've done that. Not deliberately, obviously. Uh, you know, yeah. I've used the wrong pronoun with people, especially with people who are non-binary. That is people who don't, re- don't identify as either male or female. Um, or they're somewhere on the spectrum. And I've used the wrong pronouns because it just slips. And, and you know what? People who are not binary or who are transgender, they don't mind if you get it wrong it's when you deliberately go to try and um misgender them that, that 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 is when things become offensive and and uh unreasonable i think everybody makes mistakes everybody's on a learning curve and i think it's only recently in the last few years that yeah. we've kind of come to the understanding that that gender is really on a spectrum rather than yeah. uh being binary either male or female and just as you neil might no, deep down you know you are a heterosexual man so you know what your sexuality is you feel strongly that you're a man somebody else might have your, your physical attributes but might feel equally strongly in a different kind of way and if you can kind of picture how you feel about yourself how that other person feels about themselves then mm. maybe you can try and get into their mindset it's difficult to walk in other people's shoes yes. it always will be but getting into that mindset is important
1: yeah, let's take that as given. Then that it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to, yeah. to to misgender. It's okay to get the wrong word. It's an innocent kind of mistake. I I do uh, to play devil's advocate because I think it's it's useful to to see how other people think and how they approach these kind of subjects because this is only how you you know build bridges in conversations that people have. I, I do think that some people feel on social media that is probably particularly maybe from the trans community that that isn't true that there is quite a radical uh, kind of people kind of waiting to be called transphobic and jumped on and kind of made to feel that they're intolerant when they may just have a different perspective and view on gender because they've spent their whole lives growing up seeing gender as being connected to you know a man and a woman with specific genitalia. And for them to get their head around it is a, quite a leap um, and a bit of a journey. And they might express their experience and then they're told, they're intolerant, they're transphobic, hate as if they're, you know, the kind of devil incarnate. There is a little bit of that on Twitter, right? would you accept?
0: Yeah, I'd accept that. Absolutely. Um, and on social media in, in general. And um, I think we have to be mind- mindful of that. And it, it's difficult. You know, before I got into radio, I probably, I didn't actually know any transgender people personally, on a personal level. I've seen them in the pub, um, yeah. um, you know, uh, possibly identify them, and there might have been others that I had met, but not had not known that they were transgender.
1: I think there's a there's a subtle difference between embrace accepting, embracing, uh, even if you don't understand someone's sense of who they are and respecting that. I think where some of the kickback has come in recent times is, is particularly, is, is funny enough, is around language and what you cannot cannot say. So there is mm. a, a group of people. Uh, or academics, or people that hold a view that would be probably called transphobic, but but they would push back at that. That feel it's more about the fact that they are, that what what effectively is a kind of a small percentage. I think it's about one percent in in the UK. It's become suddenly trying to change dominant orthodoxy and language, and we've seen an example of that in the press in the last week. Where we we'll talk talk about Stonewall, where Stonewall oh. are now talk, talking about and saying to schools should no longer use the term boys and girls, which has caused you know the the Daily Express and the Daily Mail have loved that because that's given oh, them something course. to yeah. stoke yeah. things up. Yeah. But but yeah. it's a but it, it touches an interesting point, which is that there is a difference between somebody fully being accepted as a minority and somebody's rights and sense to be who they are, but then trying to traverse and change the language which has been used for centuries by the majority.
0: Yeah, you know what, just because something's been in use for centuries doesn't necessarily make it right, does it? Or, or appropriate for the, for the modern age. I mean, I, 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 I think, you know, it's very easy to jump on Stonewall and say, what on earth are they doing? But let me just draw, draw a, a, something really, you know, a simple analogy here. You know, often we say, we use the expression, ladies and gentlemen. I tend not to do that now. I don't use it anymore, because I know there are people that don't identify as being a lady or a gentleman. In fact, I don't think I identify as being a gentleman. So, you know, I would yeah, say... I'm, if certainly, I being, I'm certainly
1: not one either. But well, ahead. exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. if, you know yeah. if
0: I was giving a public speech, I would say, hi, everybody, you know, it's great yeah. to have you all here and, and just avoid it completely, you know? Yeah. And, and that's and, okay. I'm, that's
1: okay, I, yeah. I think. Yeah. But is it is it okay for the tiny minority percentage to overrule the majority, which applies to... If I was a woman... Uh, in the traditional sense, yeah, as in, you know, I'm born a woman and I continue to be a woman and I've, you know, campaigned and championed uh, for feminist rights. And this is where it's been interesting because you've got characters that were seen as fighting against the kind of, the, the male patriarchy, feminist icons that are now kind of being kind of pushed to the side of of being transphobes or, or being people that are no longer seen as being on the right side of the argument and they 're kind of like well, I, I have the right to identify as a woman myself because I feel like I am. do you see what I mean so why why should the minority uh, sense of who they are override other people as well i think
0: yeah and, and, and for some people it, it that, that seems like a, a sudden extreme change as well, and i, and I can I can totally. Understand that I, uh, you know, and and I can see, I can see there is uh, a wish to be sensitive towards people who are non-binary. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know about you, uh, Neil, but I'm finding more and more people are coming out. People that I know uh, personally are coming out as non-binary, and Mm -hmm. um, so I know they would appreciate uh, more neutral language, I suppose. And you know, let's give a really simple example. There's a lot of women. There's a lot of women that, that really object to the word you know guys being used when there's mixed company hi guys how are you doing and you know what you know you and I you and I identify as male you know we're cisgender, and 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 so we're used to the male the male sort of pronouns being the default you know guys you know for example mm. but you know try and step into a woman's shoes i mean not literally obviously unless you'd like to and there's nothing wrong with that mm. uh, but you know try, you know try and step, literally step, step into a woman's shoes and and hearing all those male pronouns coming at you all the time and then once you've thought about how that feels then think about how somebody is non-binary and the, the kind of pronouns they get thrown at them all the time i i, I think stonewall would have been better off with a statement saying rather than say don't use boys and girls but rather use neutral inclusive language so (laughs) you know there's there's ways of expressing things aren't there really at at the end of the day and yeah yeah,
1: because i think this stuff plays out that you know this stuff does uh, play out there's a political backdrop to a lot of this stuff isn't there and this stuff does plays out okay in, in metropolitan cities Mm. But I think there are large swathes of the country that kind of see some of this stuff that they don't quite understand anyway. Yeah, And you know, and we should try and educate people and gradually win hearts and minds, but they don't quite get their head around it. And, and they then they're just kind of being know, told, they feel like they're being told yeah. they can't do this or they can't do that. I think it's that bit that feels a bit controlling and a bit limiting. And dare I say, what my issue, I guess, ultimate issue with it all is what it kind of tends to do is, then just makes people ripe for the picking for you Know unsavory kind of yeah. right wing conservative politics, which will be there yeah, to lap
0: up and exploit it, that, yeah. Almost there to be, it's almost baiting, isn't it? It is yeah, almost, yeah, be, and, but, exactly, know, let's, exactly. Let's yeah. Not ourselves to language. I mean, there's also yeah. things like school uniform, for example, and, and, and what's acceptable yeah. to be worn, and and you know, yeah. whether uh, boys, girls, non binary people, what items of school uniform should they be permitted to wear? So, you know, yeah. this isn't just a you know, a one hit wonder. We're not just you know, we, we could focus on, on just language, but there's all kinds. There's a whole vast uh, array
1: of yeah and no, I think people would have more more, yeah i think there's some of this' more sort of tangible, perhaps have more uh, empathy or sympathy on i sort i don 't know i think i mean even to the the sense of um i mean that has to be the key issue doesn't doesn't the key issue have to be more around what we just spoke around the changing of the legislation in the u k for self identification I think it's uh, where somebody is told and i've seen this on twitter and facebook you know mm. Piers morgan is is very much one for doing that isn't he mm. he, he says you know about the, the penguin i identify as a penguin is quite mocks that is that if you're in effect by denying somebody's right to self-identify what you're basically doing is denying their existence of who they are that's at the fundamental core of this the whole debate isn't it i think and that applies to a gay person you know if you go back to the 50s and 60s mm. you go to parts of you know of the world now is conversion therapy it's denying you know denying the right to be who you are oh that's still going on um it's the it's the key it's and here central here. i just wonder if i just wonder if these other things are just slight distractions on what is the core real issue here
0: uh those you know the use of that language i i guess you know i i didn't i haven't seen the exact the exact statement yeah, well, well, just generally i just think about, that it's yeah. kind
1: of you know it, it for me you, you you spoke earlier about and stepping in somebody's shoes and understanding that you know, uh, you know, I don't come from a from a world that would necessarily understand this. I've been on a kind of journey of 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 well, trying to get my away. yeah, my head around. But what I have found is what what you did say earlier about understanding is that one thing I do know, I, I, and I think it sort of came to me like a bolt of lightning. Why would you choose? Yeah. Why would you choose to be yeah. something? That just is so hard and painful to be who you are, and you're going to get loads of shit from society loads of comments you're gonna to have to be so no one would actively willingly choose that when you start to think on that level it's like oh yeah okay, yeah. do you know what I mean it's just just you on might, a very you simple way yeah, you
0: answer your question, haven't you because it, it's not a choice it's like you know it's like peeling back layers of an onion this because you know we're having a, a conversation as to fifty something year old men you know Sorry, I'm, I'm just day, I just want
1: to clarify you right, speak for okay, yourself okay. I am in my <laughs> well, early you, to mid
0: thirties. I'll yeah. consider my uh, wrist yeah. uh, flats on yeah. that one. But, yeah. you know, if you ask all these questions or put all these points to somebody who was in their 40s or in their 30s or in their 20s, you would get a whole different set of answers. And if you mm. went and approached a group of secondary school kids, whatever, and said, God, you know, how would you, you know, how would you well, how would you like to be called? You know, uh, you know yeah. are you happy with boys and girls or would you like to, me to say, would you, you know, ask them? Ask yeah. them, and you know, you will. You will get. You'll be surprised at the answers that you get because they probably have somebody in their class who is non-binary, who is gay, maybe uh, maybe identify uh, gender dysphoria. So, because they know somebody like that, they might. Be more willing to sort of give a little bit of leeway, if you see what I mean, because they know somebody, and it, it really is that simple. Get to know somebody who is different from you, and and you suddenly start to understand where. They're well, things
1: from. change, don't they? Things change and evolve, and yeah. I think that you are right. I mean, uh, it's fascinating stuff. And I, I, I mean, dare I say, is it easier to be gay? Say, say, Ivan Jackson was, yeah. eighteen. now. is it easier? Yeah. Would you find it easier to come out? No easier to
0: come out um i would say um yes because the support is there but you need to know where to get that support and that's why let's come full circle Pride yeah. is so important because it's part of a universal education, not just for LGBT plus people, but for everybody. Yeah. And you know, pride events. There are so many different resources and people available to talk to, and uh, that's why it's important. Yes, yes, it very much is easier to come out because you know often people won't bat an eyelid. But let's you know mm. go back to those statistics.
1: Yeah, we've yeah. still
0: got a quarter of those young people on the streets so identify as LGBT mm-hmm. plus, and we 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 know why. It's because because you know their parents or their families aren't being accepting and they're chucking them out on the streets or they're being abused and they're having to leave the family home you know there there are lots of different reasons why they leave the family home but we know there's an awful disproportionate uh, number of people who identify as lgbt plus who 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 have to leave home at a very early age
1: my my final question is probably the most controversial actually of all the conversations we have and I appreciate I've sort of clumsily maneuvered around a few things but uh, you know I think it's important to also represent the sort of mm. you know the uh, the pub kind of look at times yeah. very controversially Ivan I, I read really, yeah. this is a key question I want to know why haven't you made the Bristol live pink list This is this is a this is a big thing, a new thing they've brought in. It might be annual, I don't know, and it's a list of all the most influential people in Bristol from the LGBT plus community. And Ivan Jackson hasn't even made it in there. There's about eighty of them. It's outrageous actually it's
0: 73 now you oh, is think it? Oh, you, gonna,
1: you've counted it you've
0: you could rounded it. it up to a nice 100 wouldn't yeah. you
1: really? the fact you really. know it's 73 um, is quite disconcerting because you've been sat yeah. there raging, you know raging raging haven't you
0: we've we've talked about um corporate sponsorship and this this is <laughs> what i call the corporate meddling dipping in dipping in and out when it when it's uh, do you know what it's absolutely brilliant those those 73 people by the way um deserve every bit of recognition um that they've been given and i know they've all been nominated so let's let's start yeah yeah
1: let's give them a big up indeed yeah Yeah, absolutely
0: every single one of them Bristol live really but let's let's remember they featured that story about my colleague Steffi and they did the worst thing possible you could do to a transgender person and that was to dead name her dead name her and that is using her her previous name uh, in the second sentence of the article on the front page of bristol live and that is the worst most heinous thing you can do to somebody who has gender dysphoria and you was know an innocent so, mistake no no? I do not think it was innocent okay. mistake at all. I okay. do not think yeah. it was an innocent mistake. And you know what? If you if if you're not sure what you're doing, you go and talk to the person. They didn't even talk to her. They yeah. they did not talk to her. They they got this from the BBC intro
1: uh, in, inside, inside out, West, me, wasn't it? You know, yeah. yeah, I think, I think there's West, a culture of part. writing stuff uh, yeah. when you see something yeah. on the telly or radio, yeah. and then yeah. not necessarily yeah. following it through. But in Bristol Lives Defence, there are you yeah. know there's a handful of decent journalists that probably would. Uh, be more understanding of that. But I think it's the brand itself. I guess the key point is this thing around... I mean, i'm a bit cynical about it anyway when every, suddenly everyone does everything over black history month or mental health mm. month and i and you know i get why you do same as pride yeah. month but but actually but shouldn't shouldn't, shouldn't you be doing this all the year round and yeah. is it a Should little they, bit i'm a bit cynical about the motivation for
0: and there about. are companies that do that and i'm aware of them and i and i know all the hard work that goes that some of these corporations and companies that do sponsor pride they are doing this all year round they do have the networks in place you know what I, i'd love to know how many lgbt plus people are working over at Bristol Live and I'd love yeah. to know what their LGBT plus networks are, whether they've got one or not but you know, I'd, I'd take a bet that they probably haven't.
1: Are you glad you're not in it? Are you glad you're not in it? Nick?
0: I would be thankful Um, um, it, you know if somebody nominated me I'd be yeah. really gracious about it and thankful about it.
1: The only reason I got you on is because I thought, I looked through that list and I thought I could get him, her <laughs> they, him all of that and I thought, do you know what, I, can't, I feel sorry for Ivan, I'm going to ring him up
0: he hasn't, made, he hasn't made he hasn't made the
1: seventy three, and I'm going to you know <laughs> give him a chance to, to to hit back. You
0: know what? You know? for every one of those seventy three people? There are dozens and dozens of other people beavering away uh, in the background sure. doing stuff as well. And yeah. you know they they don't they you know those people don't don't get mentioned. Well, I got anyway. to admit,
1: I mean I'm tapped. You know I'm not you know I'm tapped in enough to know who's who a little bit. And there are quite a few people that I did, but there well, always is with they list. You think why, why is yeah. he not in it? Why is he not in it? Or or it tends well, to be usual suspects a bit. But I'm not you know I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to knock it, um, although I am a bit cynical about it. Yeah, there you go.
0: I'm not cynical about the people, but I'm cynical about yeah. the the rationale behind it. Let's put yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's been great talking to you, Ivan. Yeah, it's been. What's been great for me is is a the quality of your microphone because you've clearly got a, a wonderful audio setup there. And yeah, um, yeah as, as I said before, your ability to to sort of round up and conclude in a crisp way like you know we're just you know the adverts coming in in 25 seconds or the news is about to arrive you know know, i know what it's like
0: being on the other end of a microphone so i'm just trying to give you a bit of help mate
1: yeah yeah no appreciate it really good talking to you thank you ivan most appreciate it i hope um yeah is there anything you want to give a bit of a bit of a plug for
0: I think it's nearly all sold out, all the cabaret nights, the comedy nights, etc. I think it's all all been sold out, and that's great. I'm not going to plug anything, but if you want to know more about Bristol Pride, go have a look at the Bristol Pride website. Uh, Just Google Bristol Pride.
1: Thanks, Ivan. Great stuff. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) That's it from Ivan Jackson this week, and next week we will have another fantastic guest on Bristol Unpacked. Thanks for listening to Bristol Unpacked. I'm Neil Mags, and a big thanks to Rosa Eaton, our audio producer, Adam Cantwell-Corn, our executive producer, and Blue Dot for our music. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes, and if you want to support what we're doing, join the Bristol Cable along with 2,000 others to create a new kind of media for the city.